those of you who've been in my office might have seen this sign that I have hanging in there. For those whose eyesight isn't amazing and you can't read it from where you are, it says, I am too blessed to be stressed. Uh, my parents bought me this back as a gift a few years ago when they went to St. Lucia. Uh, they thought it was quite amusing because of the poor grammar. Uh, they quite liked that. I, I, I like it. I like the sentiment of it, although the poor grammar, I have to say, just annoys me. Um, but I do hang that on my wall as a little reminder to myself uh, that even when I'm stressed, I am blessed. Uh, it doesn't always feel that way, though, does it? Sometimes when we're really stressed we don't feel like we're being very blessed, do we? Uh, maybe you're here today because you are in fact feeling really stressed out and you just needed a moment of calm and of peace. Or maybe you're here today because you're feeling really blessed and you want to share that blessing with others. Why are you here today? Why are you here listening to this sermon? Perhaps you were just walking past the door and you wandered in to see what was going on. Uh, maybe a relative dragged you here and you'd rather be at home in bed, but you don't have much choice, so you're here anyway. Uh, or maybe you're here, of course, because of the baptism of little Kenya and to support Aretha and Ola. I hope that at least some of you are here on purpose, that you actually want to be here worshipping God in this moment and that you're actively participating in worship. In the gospel reading that we heard today, there were lots of people that had gathered around Jesus, and they were there for all sorts of different reasons. We heard that Jesus had prayed on a mountaintop and appointed 12 apostles. And then after that, he goes down the mountain, and that a large crowd of disciples were there, and that a number of other people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and from the coastal regions around Tyre and Sidon had gathered. So there are apostles, there are disciples, and there is a crowd. Three different groups of people are there for different reasons. We hear that in that larger crowd, there are many people who have come to be healed, people who are desperately in need. They're in need of wholeness and a fullness of life. And they're hoping that Jesus can bring them not only a physical healing, but that he will also restore them to their lives in their families and in the community. And we hear that Jesus healed them all. They have also come to hear what Jesus has to say. Word has gotten around about this man, and people have gathered from far and near to hear what this traveling preacher might say to them. Some of them, a bit like some of you, probably didn't really know why they were there. They'd followed the crowds, they'd been brought along by a relative, or perhaps curiosity just got the better of them, and they just wanted to know what the fuss was all about. Whatever the reason, they were there. And they got far more than they bargained for, I bet. Healing, wholeness, teaching. And the next group that are there are the disciples. And that's a larger group than you might be imagining. Perhaps when you think of disciples, you think of Jesus calling James and John from their father. Or maybe you think of when he called Simon and Andrew from their nets. Or maybe you think of a post-crucifixion breakfast on the beach and a group of men gathered around a fire. 
All of those, of course, are accurate descriptions of disciples. But at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's gathered a large group of followers who travel with him and listen to him preach and teach and see him perform all sorts of miracles. These disciples not only wanted to hear what Jesus had to say out of curiosity, but they also want to learn from Jesus, to apply what he says to their lives. That's the second group that are there. And finally, we have this smaller group of apostles who have just been appointed. Now, all apostles are, of course, disciples, but not all disciples are apostles. These were people that Jesus had hand-selected to be his emissaries. They would be the ones who would continue the work that he began in his earthly ministry. And as Jesus preached this sermon on the plain... Each group was listening with a different purpose and with different levels of engagement. The crowd was likely listening for what they needed to get from Jesus in order to be healed. The disciples were listening much more closely. They were listening for understanding so that they could take Jesus' teachings and apply them to their own lives. And the apostles were likely not only listening even closer than the disciples, but I imagine that they were also watching Jesus carefully because they were expected to do what he did, to do what he did in the world for others. So we have these three different groups of people there for different reasons. Why are you here? What has brought you to be in this place at this time? Are you like those people in the crowd? Curious, perhaps? Maybe you have a need that you're hoping Jesus will meet. Or perhaps you're just observing, seeing what's going on. Are you like those disciples, here to learn of and from Jesus, to learn how to apply Jesus' teaching to your life? Or perhaps you're closer to those first apostles, called not only to apply Jesus' teaching to your own life, but to perform some of that same ministry that Jesus did, to help others to come to follow Jesus too. Whatever the reason that you're here, I'm glad that you are. And I pray that your needs will be met and that you'll be drawn into a deeper relationship with God who loves you. And I'm sure that those first listeners were drawn in by what Jesus had to say to them. They were there for different reasons, but they all heard the same sermon. And what did they hear? Well, in this Sermon on the Plain, Jesus focuses on the conditions in which people find themselves. Poverty, sorrow, hunger, marginalization. Hearing Jesus' words of blessing to those people might seem a bit paradoxical, a bit like my sign. It doesn't feel blessed when we're poor, or hungry, or weeping, or persecuted, or even stressed. In fact, sometimes it can feel quite the opposite, can't it? It can feel a bit like we're cursed, and we might want to be like the psalmist and cry out, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? We've all been in that place at some point in our lives. And Jesus isn't saying that we're blessed because we are sad or struggling, but rather that when we are, we can draw close to God and rely ever more on him. It's also a promise from Jesus of a glorious future, of a time when God's kingdom will be fully realized. 
It's a reminder, I think, that the goal of life isn't happiness, but meaning. What if the gospel of Christ is not just another program for happiness, another list of boxes to tick in order that a life might be fulfilled? And what if blessings and woes are guideposts for living a life of meaning? I'm not suggesting that Jesus or that the gospel is opposed to our happiness, but I'm suggesting that there's something deeper, something more long-lasting than happiness. Happiness is circumstantial, dependent on what is happening in our lives. We've all experienced that, haven't we? One day we're happy, the next we're not. Somebody says something, does something. Something happens in the world and we feel differently. Circumstances change. And isn't that what today's gospel says? Those who are hungry will be filled and those who are full will be hungry. Those who are laughing will weep and those who are weeping will laugh. That's true in each of our lives about each of the blessings and the woes. Jesus is describing the pattern of our lives. Think how we cycle back and forth between days of blessing and days of woe. If we each went down the lists of blessings and the lists of woes, we would find each and every one of them in our lives. Poverty, hunger, weeping, to be spoken ill of, richness, fullness, laughing, and to be spoken well of. It's easy and it's tempting to set blessings and woes in opposition to one another, to see one as better and more desirable than the other, and to wonder which category am I? Am I in blessings or am I in woes? But Jesus isn't, I don't think, establishing a hierarchy between blessings and woes. Luke makes a point that Jesus stood on level ground when he spoke about these things. Jesus is leveling the ups and downs of our lives. He's inviting us to look beyond the circumstances that happen in our day to day to find meaning in every day. And let's not forget that today's gospel happens in the context of healing. A great crowd of disciples and a great multitude of people had come to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases. Maybe that context of healing is a context in which we need to hear and understand blessings and woes. What if a blessing is not a reward and a woe is not a punishment? What if blessings and woes are not categories of two different kinds of people? What if there are aspects in each of our lives to which Jesus says, blessed are you? What if there are aspects in each of our lives to which Jesus says, woe to you? And what if both are said with a desire for our wholeness and intended for our healing? The blessings and the woes are not a conclusion made or a status given by Jesus. They are insights about our lives for us to consider, lenses through which to see ourselves and understand our lives. Look at the poverty, hunger and weeping in your life today. Look at the richness, the fullness and the laughter in your life today. Listen to what others say about you. The question isn't, which one of those am I? The question is, in what ways are all those a part of my life? And what do they mean for me today? 
we are reminded in that reading from Isaiah that we are God's people, that God formed us in the room and that we need not be afraid. Whatever the circumstances of our lives, whether blessed or full of woes, we belong to God, that there is no one like our God, that we can stand firm on God, our rock, that we don't need to tremble or to be afraid. Whatever the circumstances we are in, for we are chosen by our God, each and every one of us. Whatever your reason for being here today, for hearing these words in this moment, know that Jesus meets with you where you are, wanting to heal you, saying, blessed are you and woe to you. Jesus wants to claim you blessed and to challenge you to treat others as you want to be treated. As always, at the end of this service, there will be an opportunity for you to receive prayer. If you have a healing need, if there's something in your life where you hear God saying, woe to you, come forward, wait at the front, and our healing prayer team would love to pray with you. Just wait, and when someone's free, they will come and pray with you. Wherever you are in your life, however many blessings or woes, hear Jesus' words to you today. Come to me. If you need to be set free, if you are full of doubts, if you need to be cleansed or pardoned, if you have barriers up, however you come today, Jesus says, come to me, just as you are. Amen.